0: Smarter, faster, and crazier. With your hosts Jody Stoffer and Megan Kramer?
1: Hey, Megan, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good, welcome back. We have an exciting episode today, something that we both can talk a lot about and I think people maybe hopefully need to hear a little bit, but we're gonna talk about the courage to pursue something different and then also fear and self-doubt.
0: Okay, so I know with a lot of clients, it's funny, it's that like practice what you preach because I really do want to, but I do have my own hurdles or fears, I guess, that are preventing me from doing it. But I talk to my clients a lot about what actually brings you, joy and happiness and unfortunately for a lot of my clients their job isn't one of them or even North America isn't one of them and so it's really interesting because these things resonate with me for sure especially the North America one more so I actually I do love what I'm doing now but uh, the North America one and actually I always say it's like getting out of the rat race and I feel like many times in my life I've gotten one foot out And then the wheel like catches me again. Mm -hmm. And then I get another foot out, but then I get caught up in that wheel again. And this, I don't know if it's societal pressure, if it's just the expectation of growing up in North America, if it's the comfort, it's the habit, whatever it is, it's probably the combination of all of them. And for me, I think it's a big thing financially. I would love, love, love to be living all over the world. And so my retirement plan is three months here and three months there and truly uh, immersing myself in different cultures and different places in the world. For now, we're just traveling, right? We right. take the one week trip here. Or we like to have at least a three week one. Ideally, it'd be once a year, but for sure, every two years we build in a three week one. And so optimally, I just wouldn't be here anymore, though. I would be full time somewhere else. And it's that finances where I'm like, do I have enough to do that? And I keep trying to figure out my number and that comfort level of what is that. And now I'm also working a lot with clients to figure that out because I found that I'm not the only one who's trying to get out of North America at some point. Not that I don't love it here and love my family and I will come back and visit for sure, but to actually be able to see the world.
1: Okay. So I'm going to call you out a little bit because we are talking about courage and fear and self-doubt. Yes. Because realistically, I know of people and if you really, really wanted to, you could leave now. You have the means and, and do your job from another country and sell your house and sell your belongings. And you and Kelly could do this. It would just mean a huge leap of faith and you'd have to have a lot of courage and a big life change. Right. Mm-hmm. So often, and the reason why I'm kind of saying I'm call kind of calling you out and you'll be able to do the same for me is that. You know, there are people who in your situation would go, right? And have mm-hmm. gone, even with families, they've gone because it's much cheaper to live in those places. And if you still have the ability to earn some type of income, but you know, there's obviously more holding you back than just the, you're telling yourself it's the money, but there's more there. So,
0: yeah. And I think, like I said, I think it's it? the societal stuff, right? I think that people, when you mention it, kind of look at you like you're crazy or like it's not possible. And I know it's possible for sure. I know that we will end up there. It's that part, I think, of just feeling comfortable enough to take that final leap and just do it. None of our friends are doing it. None of our family is doing this. I've, I'm reading the articles and the books all the time and seeing that there are people doing it, but I don't have anyone, not only just in my social circle, but even acquaintances or anyone like that who's done it mm-hmm. other than I have an aunt who lives over in France but she met someone and he's from France. And it was, I think, oh, okay, that sounds pretty easy. And that somebody's already well established there and you know exactly where you're going. I get a little bit, I think, into decision overload as well, because I think, well, where is the place that we would go? Especially as you mentioned, Jody, mm-hmm. if we are still going to work a little bit, then mm-hmm. I feel like, well, the three month here, three month there is going to be a bit tougher. Especially with what I do, I want to keep doing what I do. Now we have the time change factor, all those types of things. But I think a lot of it is decision paralysis where I can't decide exactly where do I go first or where do I settle for a couple of years.
1: And there's some really great things about being planners. And then this is one of those things that... Often for some people, like, you know, being a planner and, and I know you are very, you know, planned in a lot of aspects of your life. This is part of the reason that is holding you back is because like you need to know the plan and the only way to know the plan is to know the details. For me, you know, if I decided to do that, the plan would be very loose. Like I might even go there and not even know entirely where I'm living. Like I, honestly, that's how I'm so envious.
0: That's where I Um, wish I could get
1: my husband, on the other hand, he might have to stay back until I figured those (laughs) details out. Because I mean, he would try really hard to roll with it, but it's not necessarily in his personality. And so has the want or the desire changed over the years, like 10 years ago, was the desire stronger when you couldn't make this decision? Has that evolved for you? Because for me, it's definitely like, what I thought 15 years ago and today what my reality is has evolved which is interesting for me that you know that's Mm -hmm. the case
0: and I think it's evolved somewhat I think our plan gets clearer and clearer all the time of what we would actually see this looking like I think 10 years ago I would have just told you well I want to travel the world and live all over Right. Okay. Now I have more of a, okay, well, what I think would be reasonable and who knows maybe I get there and this is wrong, but what I think would be reasonable is three months based on some of the travel experiences we've had is enough time to get to see a place, know the culture at some level and just really experiencing it and the surrounding area. And then three months somewhere else and through it. So I've definitely evolved to narrowing it to time frames. Not so much where in the world, I don't think, because it's literally anywhere I want to see everywhere. Mm-hmm. I do think if we were to take the leap tomorrow or in the next few years, we know it would have to be kind of central South America just because of time zones. Eventually, right. that could evolve over into the rest of the world. So I think the rest of the world for now is just the mini trips. And eventually, we get to a point where time zones don't matter anymore. We're in full-on retirement or working part of so the, Megan, the year. So um-
1: year. So as you extend this, is the number you need to actually make this happen getting bigger? Again, that's that Canadian thing where, well, we can't go until we can own something or so we can, you know, or do we have to sell stuff at home where, like I said, there are people that make these choices, these leaps of faith. and. They seem to, you know, be okay with selling everything. Mm-hmm. Our neighbors um, that we had years ago, their daughter and son-in-law actually moved to Mexico. They have no intention of coming back. So they're mm-hmm. living like Mexicans live, right? I don't know that they own anything, but they live on the beach. And I'm envious of yes. parts of it, but I'm not envious of the whole, like, not not being able to come back to Canada if they choose, Uh, like they can but not to live because they just won't have the means. So for me, being able to travel, being able to travel in extended periods up to a month at a time has actually made my plan evolve, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. So when I was in the heat of raising three daughters, even 10 years back, I would have told you the minute they were self sufficient and done, I was gone. I'm out of here. I'm only here for them. I'm only here for my husband. Now, they're all adults. Katie's going to turn 21 in a couple of weeks. She'll be done school at the end of the year. So we're, everybody else has been educated. So we are at the end of it and we're not going anywhere. And when I say going anywhere, we're going to travel. But what I thought and what my reality is has evolved for a number of reasons. Courage might be a small part of that, but it's not really. So I just wonder Mm -hmm. if that happens with a lot of people. Like I had this illusion that I could just leave my kids behind and they're adults now. And like, What do I care, right? And I thought the rest of my family and now I'm like, my parents are getting older. Like I need to, even with, you know, we had an incident last month. I need to be able to get to my family in a very quick timeline. That's really important to me. So yeah. So sometimes the courage is not about as much about finance or other sometimes it's about like for me we could do that and I'd be okay with selling everything and living on a beach in a a hut on a beach like Mm -hmm. I'd be fine with that for the rest of my life if I didn't have children or parents that I loved so those things have evolved for us right Mm -hmm. like do people actually have enough of these conversations as to are you're not doing this why right Mm -hmm.
0: and I think a lot of it too I find with a lot of clients when I ask about retirement they throw out the term snowbirds and i think they throw it out because it's just common and may not common i don't think there's a ton of people who can necessarily afford to do it but it seems like the common dream people have heard about these people who are spending the entire winter somewhere warm and they think oh i would love to get out of the canadian winter so they're thinking yeah that's my retirement dream i want to be a snowbird and then i do see a lot of people as they're getting closer to retirement that tell me I always thought I wanted to be a snowbird, but similar to you, Jody, typically it's grandkids that they're like, okay, well, I didn't really factor those in or realize Mm -hmm. what a big part of my life they were going to be. And now that I have them, yeah, I can't go six months without them. Or if I am going to be a snowbird, now I'm factoring in a flight home once a month for Mm -hmm. a week to spend time with the grandkids or factoring in a flight where my kids, my grandkids can't afford to come see me, but now I need to factor in my budget, a flight for them to be able to come see me for a week or two in the winters. So I definitely think I see very commonly people's plans evolving. And I think that happens with career plans too. For me anyways, that was a huge, huge thing. If you would have asked me years ago, hundred percent, I wanted to climb the corporate ladder. That was my goal, my dream everything that I thought that I wanted in life. And then things had started to change a bit. I thought that I had a different dream around having an impact on planners in the planning industry nationwide. And from there, I ended up stumbling into the work that I'm doing now, which is contract work, which if you would have asked me even five years ago, if somebody would have approached me with this opportunity, I would have said absolutely not. There's no way I'm doing contract work. I need a nice, stable income. (laughs) I need a pension. I need benefits. I need all these things. You were insane. There's no way that I would have ever taken that leap of faith. And now that I have, oh my goodness, life has totally changed. The flexibility. There's so much about it that I love. I think I didn't realize just how much I loved working with clients, likely because in the corporate area where I was working with clients, Of course, there's a product shelf behind you and it's very Mm -hmm. sales orientated. Being able to actually work with clients from a perspective where there isn't any sales, there isn't any product shelf. And I actually just feel like I'm truly helping people and giving unbiased advice has been life changing for me. And that flexibility in my schedule, going away, all these types of things, choosing how much I want to work. Has been phenomenal. And so it was a little bit of a forced leap in that finally I'm like, oh, okay, I can do this. And this opportunity fell into my lap rather than me pursuing it. Yeah. However, it's been fabulous.
1: Right. And so you did mention it was a bit of a force, which, you know, often that happens to people. But one of the things that I also want to talk about on this, because we're talking about like the courage to change and how maybe it affects your finance. So for me, starting my own business was a leap of faith, because I'd always worked Mm -hmm. in the corporate world and always had a salary that I could plan around. And again, all those great perks. But I was miserable, I did not like selling products for other companies or for other people. And in my mind, oddly, when I always thought of like, okay, I need to start I'm going to start a business but I need to make like in my mind the number that I needed to make to be an entrepreneur and be somebody had to match my salary or be greater but the reality is and we're going to talk about this in a different episode is that I actually make way more like I actually am financially better off and don't take home as much as I did in the corporate world but there's a lot of areas where I actually save money because I'm not in that world and this is what I see with a lot of clients and so I, I often ask a big question, but with a lot of my clients, they're so unhappy with their career choices or you know what's going on, and they're just kind of like, I'm buying my time to retire, I'm buying my time to get a new job or whatever, and yet they're bleeding money out all areas, trying to fill that oh, I you know hate this or the time, the lack of time they have and so sometimes you know it's often interesting that people don't realize how much it's costing them not to have the courage to do so. Mm-hmm you know, as an example, what I often and we have this conversation all the time in our house, but what I often ask clients is if you won a million, so $5 million, and then I go down to a million, what would be the first thing you do? And anybody that says, Oh, I'd quit my job in a second, then something needs to change. Because that's not my answer. It would have been six years ago, Mm -hmm. it would have been that I was going to quit my job and do this would have been my answer six years ago. Today, my answer is, I don't know, like travel a little bit more, like I'm still going to do this. Like, so that means I'm happy and content. I don't have a bunch of debt I have to pay off. I don't really want to go buy any major things, maybe something I am sure I'll Mm -hmm. go buy something. But with a lot of people, they go, Oh, well, you know, I would start my own business, or I would be done this, or, you know, I just want to retire. And I'm like, okay but you're like 30 years old what are you gonna do right Mm -hmm. and then based on that answer there's so many things in their budget that I'm like okay so like the whole skip the dishes thing which drives me crazy because I'm Mm. cheap and I can't even imagine you know ordering slurpees from 7-eleven down the street if I'm too lazy to go get them I just won't that's just me I'm not judging anybody you know a lot of people are doing that because they don't actually have time they're so stressed out from their thing they're doing all day long that they're not liking or they're not enjoying and they're getting no reward that they're coming home they're drinking they're you know smoking pot they're eating out they're you know all these things and I'm like okay so if you took a pay cut and cut out all this it actually probably would balance out right and I don't I think that's the courage part we're like saying you know look at it because just like I said to you you could actually do this if you wanted to Right. Mm -hmm. If you really wanted to, but there's some things, some blocks in your head about, you know, your number and what you have to give up and all that. I think for a lot of people, that's something they should really look at, like look at all the things you're doing to sustain yourself for another 10 years until you can retire on your pension, could it look different for you, right? Could it be better? And so I think everybody could look into their budget or look into themselves and be like, okay, what are the things I'm doing? Because I'm so miserable. And is it worth making the
0: change? And how, how do I do that? Right? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, sometimes you don't even realize the toll it's taking on you. For me, I didn't realize the mental health toll that it was taking on me and not I think I didn't realize it. It's not that I was depressed or it's not that I was so stressed out or, you know, things were just fine. Let's say Mm -hmm. I wasn't incredibly happy, but I was happy enough because I thought the next level up, once I hit that next level in the ladder or three levels up in the ladder, then I was going to be so happy because I was going to be making so much money and in X position. And that one was the one that was going to truly engage and challenge me because I tend to get bored in positions, because once mm-hmm. I've kind of mastered this thing, it's just not challenging to me anymore. And I I enjoy being challenged. So I think that toll on my brain of not being challenged, being a little bit bored, but also just not absolutely loving what I was doing takes a bit of a mental toll on you that you just don't realize. And that part of giving up your time, for something that you don't absolutely love doing in order to earn money. Well, what do you want that money to actually do for you? And is it worth that sacrifice of your time? And I don't think I was ever challenging myself on that mm-hmm. to think, hmm, and like say, now that I'm doing this, all of those things have now become crystal clear to me of, oh, that was taking a mental toll on me. There mm-hmm. was a lot of impacts to my mood, my stress levels, how I was showing up in my relationships. So there were so many other impacts that not having the courage to take a leap into another career were having. But I didn't really, at the time if you were to ask me, I didn't think I needed to pursue another career. I thought that I was doing well and that there would be opportunities in the future that were going to Mm -hmm. make me happy.
1: You know, and it's funny you say that, because I would say, for the most part, I would agree with that for myself, I didn't see I can see it now. And I can see Mm -hmm. at the end, there was some things that, you know, it took a huge mental toll on my mental health. And that was kind of the changing point. But again, you know, I think about how desperately I was to take vacation and to Mm -hmm. go somewhere like in the past, where now I want to take vacation, but it wouldn't kill me if I couldn't take one for a year, like I'd be fine, because again, it's not that like I'm working for the man, you know, doing this. And it, that's there's nothing wrong with working for the man but I think you need to somehow enjoy what you're doing and so there's lots of different leaps of faith so this is often what I say to clients you know it doesn't have to be all or nothing and this is where Mm -hmm. and for someone like myself and a lot of people that have ADHD like we're pretty black and white it's either you're in or you're out like you're either doing a good job or you suck there's no middle ground right Mm -hmm. Um, and I think even people who don't have that as Canadians we're kind of like it's all in so you You're either doing your career or you're not, right? Where I'm often saying to people, but you could do your career and then start taking the leap of faith in the other thing. Like it doesn't have to be like, I'm done my job today. There has to be some crossover. So that's that dipping your toe in. And even for you, like, could you not dip your toe in for six months and you guys don't sell anything major, just assume that you're going to have a little more expenses and go for six months because that's where I often find and see with people that, they realize that maybe that isn't it or maybe it is and it's worth the sacrifice, right? It's mm-hmm. that I'm going to wait to even try it. And so for us, like the snowbird thing, we we bought a motorhome, we went down for six weeks in the wintertime with some friends of ours, and I hated it. I am mm-hmm. not a snowbirder. First of all, I'm not a stay in one place for a long period of time when I'm like if I'm going to stay in place, I'm going to stay at home in place. Yes. I'm not going to go park somewhere for uh, where there's all these beautiful things. I didn't like being away for that extended period of time from my structure in my life. And it just like, it just wasn't for us. So we ended up selling our motorhome and just being like, that's not our future, right? Like that's not what it looks like. But had we not tried it, I would have probably always dreamed of like being a snowbird and, and we know that we want to travel and we want to travel in like, you know, some type of motor sleeping thing, but it's not the way the snowboards do it in that sense. That's not for us. So again, if we wouldn't have dipped our toes in the water, we would have still been probably trying to dream that dream.
0: And I think Jody, that's also part of the courage or bravery. And sometimes even the most difficult part is that you're willing to acknowledge, hey, we thought life was going to be this way. We thought this is what we were going to want. And then you did it and you're like, yeah, not for us. I think a lot of people do the opposite, where they planned for the motorhome, they plan to be snowbirds, and feel like they can't change that plan. Yeah, we worked our whole life for this, so now that we have it, well, we can't be unhappy with it. This is what all of our happiness was tied to. We better stick with it. I'm sure it's going to change in a few years. And same thing with the job. You make the leap over to something else that you think that you're going to be happier in, and you've left this career, so now you feel tied to the new one because. I put all this money in on schooling, or I put in all this time learning, or whatever it is, there's always some little message at the back of our head saying, well, you did this. So now you have to stick with it. Or you did this. So now you have to figure out how to enjoy it. Because that was the plan. And kudos to you for being like, we're selling the RV. This is not for us. Because I think a lot of people would have went, well, everybody else is enjoying it. And so many people do this. And this is what I work so hard for. It must just take a while to settle into this. Mm-hmm. Probably next year, it'll feel better.
1: Yeah, we'll try it a few more times. And whether we love that or not, you know, I'm practicing what I'm preaching is that you do need to dip your toes in, right? When I started my business, I had some backup contracts where. If I couldn't get clients, I was going to still make a little bit of money. And, you know, luckily I had some people that, you know, sent some stuff my way that I had some regular income coming in. I don't know if I like had nothing, how scary, it was scary either way. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's always that, like, you can try it. And in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, well, I can always go back to work. That was, now that's not even in the back of my mind, having, that's not an option to not own a business and be doing what I'm doing. But, you know, in the beginning days, there was always that like, well, like, don't worry, I can go back to work, right? But I also like, it's just that, you know, how much is it costing you health, m- money, all that stuff to wait, right? Mm-hmm. Just try it. And how much is it costing you to get to that point? Like, so you work at a job you hate for 30 years so that you can retire with a pension. And then you realize you hate retirement. Well, mm-hmm. was it worth it? Like, maybe you should have Worked at a job that you liked and worked 10 years longer because you're going to work 10 years longer now anyway. That's often the other thing that like people are always, everybody I meet with tells me they're so far behind. I'm behind. Mm -hmm. At 30 years old, they are behind what they should be at 30 years old, at 40 years old, at 50 and 60. And it makes me laugh that, okay, so where are all the people that are ahead? Because if everybody's behind and Mm -hmm. I'm talking about people who have high net worth still feel like they're behind behind. And so, again, I'm like, behind what? like, But you feel like you're behind if you think you're up against a deadline. Like, I hate this job, so I have to work for 10 more years. Or I can't wait till I get to do the thing that I want. Should be taking a leap of faith. And then it's disappointing to your point when you get there and you're like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be, right? Mm-hmm. You know, living in Arizona in December, like in the winter months, next to the river, so I could—that was what I thought would be the best dream ever. And I'm like, no thanks. I'm out after mm-hmm. one six-week stint, right?
0: And now you said, Jody, that you love the ocean. Do you think if you would have went to Mexico instead and spent six weeks right on the ocean, do you think your experience would have been different?
1: so no we do spend lots of time on the ocean maybe not in a six-week period but for me no because the things that I didn't so this is where again being married and having a compromise so for me the only way that I think being extended like that would work is if I was on the move so I'm either mm. move, like so if we drove down the coast which we have but if in a motorhome did the whole coast around North America for six months I could probably do that honestly mm-hmm. Because we're seeing new things and, you know, shiny things everywhere, whatever. But the reality is, so again, this is where knowing the illusion, we have traveled where we've had to work, like, you know, these types of jobs or whatever. And so in my mind, if I lived at the beach, okay, so if I lived at the ocean, this is what my brain tells me would happen. And I know it's not true, but originally the brain is telling me well you'd wake up in the morning and you'd be able to go for a walk or a run on the beach with your dogs then you would come home and you know you would do a little bit of work look out your beautiful window at the waves blah 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 and then in the afternoon you'd probably go surfing because the sun will be out and it'll be beautiful the reality is most people have to work so if mm-hmm. I have to work that is not that's an illusion right that I'm gonna yeah. live on the beach and because I'm living on the beach all of a sudden I'm independently wealthy somehow. No, those things don't correlate, right? And even when we've traveled the experience and had to work the experiences, you know, I'm looking out the window going, wow, it's beautiful, but I have work to do. So it doesn't matter whether I'm looking out my window here in Edmonton or somewhere else. So for me, being on vacation is really important. But working while I'm away is actually not good for me at all. I hate it because I end up being resentful that I'm somewhere having to work where at home, I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if you would have asked me, I would have been like, yeah, you know, it's a perfect life. I could work on the beach in California and, you know, surf and whatever. No, that's probably not realistic. I mean, you know, I grew up in the mountain, you know, we're four hours from the mountain. Why don't I ski all the time all mm-hmm. winter long? Well, because it's not that convenient, right? But again, that's because I've tested the waters. I, my my big, you want to know what my new goal is? And everybody's yes. laughing. So the newest one is that I want to buy some type of a boat that's big enough you can like sleep and live on it. And that I would like to have it harbored somewhere. So like in Vancouver or whatever, and be able to fly out there and be on the boat for weeks or whatever and be able to move, right? You know, and that's just funny because again, first of all, I get really seasick, which is why this is. Oh, funny.
0: <laughs> it's funny. I was just um, going to ask you, have you tested out if you yeah, can I'm endure the Really that?
1: seasick, okay. <laughs> like terribly. I can barely be in a motorboat. But yeah, so in my mind, you know, somehow I'm going to overcome the seasickness. But then there's like so many logistics. So it's not that I, that I'm not taking a leap of faith, but how do I keep my dogs on the boat without Mm -hmm. falling over and drowning? Just like if I had little kids, like, so they always have to wear life. Like there's just logistically, it's just, but that's part of it. And then the other part is, to build a house that I can pretty much live in six months of the year and feel like I'm outside but not because I hate winter so Mm -hmm. like I keep telling my husband I need this big sunroom four season sunroom that has like a pool in it and like plants and so even though it's 30 below outside I can go in there and feel like I'm getting sunshine and that I'm not in Alberta. And then I can go to my underground heated garage and pull out with my vehicle and then pull into my work office with an underground heat. Like that's my dream, right? (laughs) And again, but that's evolved. That's probably not realistic, or at least not for a long time. Although my new office does have underground parking. So that's good. Oh, Um, you're halfway there. Yeah, I got a garage I can pull out of and a garage I can pull into. But yeah, so that's just evolved. I always thought I was going to just pick up and move to Mexico and live on a beach in a hut and I don't know, do nothing, I guess. But Mm -hmm. since my kids have grown up, and like you said, grandchildren, I thought I was going to just be like, here's some money, granny sent you some money, but I'm not going to be that person. So it's amazing how thinking that there is possibilities changes.
0: Absolutely. And I think to your point where I think part that's limiting us is that part of I think that realistically, we need to still work for the dream that I have to move every three months to a different place, and be in a, let's say long term Airbnb rental, but also the flights, all the things, I feel like we just haven't accumulated enough. And that's holding me back a little bit. And I, I don't know, but I feel a lot like you, Jody, where I don't just want to be in one place. So I think, yes, it's a little bit of the fear because maybe I could make it work, but I don't want to sacrifice, I guess, a bunch of my lifestyle because I think if I did, I might be you in the RV going, yeah, this isn't exactly what I had in my mind. So it's interesting, but I do feel like we've taken steps in that we're now in jobs where we have more flexibility that we can go and do these longer stints. So Mm -hmm. kind of starting this year, which I'm very, very excited about. So we have made some sacrifices on income in order to have that flexibility. So I definitely feel like we're taking steps to be where we want to be and that we're going to be, I guess, I don't know, let's call it halfway there or quarter of the way there. But I think the part for a lot of people I know for me is that I wanted to be doing what I'm about to do for the next few years. I couldn't though, because my corporate job would not allow me to, Mm -hmm. even though I'm like, Hey, Hey, like give me a pay decrease or don't pay me for a month. I want to go away. And you're under this little corporate bubble that says, no, sorry, we control your life. And you're not allowed to take even unpaid time off. Sorry. It's not a possibility. And then you're sitting there going, well, do I quit my job? And now if I quit my job, I don't have the income to be able to do this. And if I go to somebody else, most corporations are larger corporations are the same where they're like, sorry, we're not okay with you taking unpaid time off, you get your vacation, it's four weeks, it's five weeks. Well, in some cases, it's two weeks. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's a little bit criminal that two weeks is a minimum because I just I truly believe and it's because it's something I value. So I'm biased. I truly believe everybody should have more than two weeks available and the option of unpaid time off where they truly get to make the decision of, is my time more important or money more important? But it makes it really difficult, I think, for people to take these massive leaps of faith, because it does almost end up being that all or none that you're talking about, even if they want it to be a, oh, I'm willing to go part way, or I'm willing to test this out. They don't have the opportunity to.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think pride is a real issue for people for their finances, for their leap of faith. Like, you know, we've said that both of us have done things over the years, just like had multiple jobs at the same time. And even like now, if I was bored or needed extra money, I think it might be fun to sell shoes. And like, Mm -hmm. because I love shoes. And I'm like, whatever, I get discount all, all kinds of things, right? But for a lot of people being educated, like we are and having the ability to, you know, have these big and then saying, well, I might want to sell shoes, like the pride would get in the way, right? And even for me, I'm like people, like so many people would think I'd lost my mind or whatever. And that goes for like selling everything you own and moving somewhere and owning nothing. Again, pride, that's not the American or the Canadian dream. So yeah, like I think a lot of times it's pride, like you educated yourself to be a doctor and now you want to be a swimmer swimming teacher, like, everyone's going to beat you up for that decision, right? But I think sometimes they're the ones that are, you know, if they're beating you up for doing something you love and making making a go of it, then maybe it's them that is filling their life with things they hate. I don't know. But Mm -hmm. yeah,
0: absolutely. So question for you, Jody, when we were all little, I know we got this question all the time of what's your dream job? Or what are you going to be when you grow up? What used to be your answer?
1: Well, of course because I'm an adrenaline junkie a bit it's calmed down over the years but I was gonna be two things which are really funny because obviously I'm a very I'm a tomboy I was my dad's son mm-hmm. basically so I was either going to be a top gun pilot like Tom Cruise oh, and yes. I even had the jacket when I was like 10 years old mm-hmm. you know because somehow with my non-2020 vision, That was gonna work out for me. Absolutely. And I get such motion motion sickness I couldn't even play (laughs) on the swings, but I was gonna be able to fly in a jet. The other thing is some type of like NASCAR driver, some type of I was gonna be famous, actually. That was yes, and you know, that's probably deep down in me still. There's a version of being famous that I would love, but not for the same reasons, like not just for the money and not I don't wanna be well, of course I'd like to be a rock star. Who wouldn't? But I'm the type of person who could stand up in front of you know a thousand people in an auditorium and and tell a story Mm. and talk that's the kind of like Tony Robbins type of fame is versus I mean I love pink but I wouldn't want to travel around the world and perform for everybody on cue every day
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, So yeah, so really
1: something completely I never I hated math. I traditionally in my norm in in my life, I'm not a huge planner. So everything I do and love nothing. I think it's the people part. I love helping people. I love seeing people go, Oh, my God, you've changed my world. Mm -hmm. Same question back to you, though, Megan, what were you going to be when you grew up?
0: Uh, So at first, I was going to be a defense attorney and not just a defense Mm -hmm. attorney, but of course, the ones you see in the movies, right? They're so rich and they're so brilliant and they're defending like suits. huge criminals. Yeah, exactly. Like that was me. That was the, the job that I envisioned for myself from a very uh-huh. young age. And then it actually changed come high school-ish. I thought I was for sure going to be a forensic pathologist. Mm. And then I realized 13-ish or so years of school. I was like, can I commit to anything for that long? I don't know. I don't think so. Because it was one of those things I thought, yeah, I can this is what I really want to do. But I think the logical part of me thankfully kicked in and was like, but what if you hate it at the end of this? And I don't know, maybe I would have loved it. Maybe I would have hated it. Who knows now, but I, I don't have any big regrets in not doing that amount of schooling or committing that amount of my life to just starting out into a career. But I always laugh because if you ask me now, if they do those little icebreaker activities, even when you're, First Mm -hmm. in a room, and people are asking you, "Oh, what's your dream job?" Now, for me, it's actually scooping ice cream on a beach somewhere, (laughs) and people look at me like, "That's your dream job?" And I'm like, "I'm on a beach, and I'm bringing happiness and joy to people's lives." Worst case, the kid drops his cone, cries for a second. You're like, "Here's a new one," and yeah, back to happiness and joy. So I just feel like that would be the dream job now. So it's funny how much it evolves over time, and what truly actually becomes important to us or makes us happy. Yeah, that's
1: a good point is, you know, what makes us happy. And we've talked a lot about our jump straight out of the corporate world. There's a lot of people who love the corporate world. And if Mm -hmm. they don't love what their company or there's other places where you will get fulfillment and enjoyment. So it's not always that you have to quit your career, you just Mm -hmm. maybe have to make a change. Because there's ways to find, you know, happiness in that rather than just, again, it doesn't have to be black or white. And that's really, yeah. I think that's the big part is like, do something right to make yourself happy and make a change. I have some big change decisions that I need to make coming up. And it's probably just going to be a leap of faith, to be honest.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, for me, anyways, my experience now has been finding a company whose values align with yours. So like I said, maybe it's the job is okay but if you can all of a sudden do that job for a different company whose values just align with you a lot better, all of a sudden that creates this totally different environment or doing the exact same job that I find with so many people. They would love their job if their environment was better. And sometimes it's a matter of doing a totally different job that you thought that you would hate and you love it because of the people you're surrounded with and mm-hmm. other people who thought they would love this job. But actually, the reason that they don't love it is because it's in a really Bad work environment. So I think work environment is one of those two that becomes so, so important. And I think having the courage to leave a bad work environment is also huge. And I think this episode, we've really focused on kind of dreams and jobs and all those types of things. I think just assessing your whole life with this lens of what do I need the courage to do? What am I afraid of? And it could be things as simple as I'm afraid that if I move out of this house that I thought was my dream home and that I spent all this money on and I go back to something smaller and whatever that my friends, my family, whoever's going to judge me, or they're going to think that Mm -hmm. I couldn't afford that house or they're going to think X or same thing with the vehicle. You got the vehicle that you thought that you were going to love. Turns out you didn't. Being okay, taking these things back, even if it's as small as a shirt. Mm -hmm. And for me, this is something I don't do. My mom does for me. I think we've mentioned, but being courageous enough to just go, I made a purchase, or I made a life change, I went to this other job, turns out, I don't love it. Let's now make a change in the other direction. And it doesn't have to be something huge. Sometimes it's just the small things that are going to also snowball into us now having courage on many things.
1: Yeah. And so on a final note, I think it's very common that people are going to have multiple careers in their life. But somebody we both personally know quite well, um recently told us that they're changing their career and they'll let us know when they figure out what they want to do when they grow mm. up. And this is not somebody, this is somebody that's probably our age or older. And I was like, I'm excited for that. Like, you know, Me okay, too. so you're making a huge change, but you don't know what even know what you're doing. And so when you figure out what you want to be, when you grow up, you're, you'll let us know. I love that. And yeah, not everybody has the ability to do that. Um, and this person has the ability to do a lot of things so it's not going to be a problem, but I often say, you know, well, I don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up. What do I, I want to mm-hmm. be this when I grow up, but I want it to maybe be bigger. I don't know. Like, you know, right. so I think that's a good question for us to ask. And I ask this as an icebreaker all the time. So what do you want to be when you grow up? What are you going to do when you grow mm-hmm. up? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, the things that people, you know, some people are like, I love this and this is what I'm going to do. And, but a lot yeah. of people are like, Oh, if I could, right. And so I think the if I could, people should dip your toes in the. if Mm -hmm. I could, maybe it Mm -hmm. is what you want.
0: Yeah. And if you don't know, I think a great place to start is where do you want to be? Or who do you want to be as a human being? And then what environment do you want to have around you? And then going from there, what are your values and and then trying to align? Well, what might that look like for the next phase? Because I think sometimes people just don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's okay not to know, but it's a a good conversation to have. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So let's wrap on there. Um, Hopefully, you know, people got some, some good insight. And maybe it's just something for people to think about, right? It was what's, if we're going to live till we're 100 or 90 or whatever, what are you gonna do with the rest of your life? That's Mm -hmm. the biggest question, right? And I think people really need to start. We need to start really embracing that, that we're not all dying at 60 and retiring at 40. That's not our reality. So what are we going to do with the rest of our life? Love it. Awesome. Thanks for doing this with me again
0: today. And we will chat soon. Thanks, Jody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Smarter, Faster, Crazier. Subscribe, visit us on social or our website at parallaxplanning.ca.